Not only does God give us grace, we have to give grace to others and to ourselves. If you really want something and work hard, you can find a way to have your dreams come true. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. We all hope that when we look back on our lives, we can consider them well-lived. And what signifies a life well-lived? Is it how much money we made or to what heights of fame we climbed? Not according to our guests this week, both who have achieved fame and recognition for their musical talent, but who have also realized that real meaning comes through their music when it makes a difference in other people's lives, and that God gives them the words and the platform to spread His message of love. We're talking with Florence LaRue, a singer with the iconic music group The Fifth Dimension, and country music artist Michael Ray. Let's start with Florence's story. I'm Florence LaRue. I'm an Afro-American mother, grandmother, and woman who loves the Lord. I grew up in a small town called Glenside, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb, a beautiful suburb of Philadelphia. I had many challenges growing up. My family lived in a town where the white community and the black communities were separated by a road. And our house happened to be on the side of the road where the white community lived. So I ended up going to an all white, except for me, school. So I was in the middle. I wasn't truly accepted by either race. So I tended to try and excel in whatever I did in sports. At my height of 5'2", I played varsity basketball. I excelled in field hockey. I played in the orchestra and sang in all of the um, vocal groups, the choirs, and it was very, very active, which was good for me. My mother kept me busy with those things. I also studied ballet and violin. So I, I had quite a busy childhood, although I was really quite a loner. I've always loved music and all types of music. As a matter of fact, my favorite type of music was classical music because I played the violin and every once in a while my mother could afford a ticket for me to sit up in the nosebleed section and attend the Philadelphia Orchestra with Eugene Ormandy conducting. That was such a thrill for me. I had no intentions of becoming a singer at all. That was strictly God, I'll tell you, because I had two things I wanted to do in life. One was to teach because I had a wonderful fifth grade teacher and the other was to be a movie star. When I was graduated from high school, my family moved to California and uh, I went to college there to get my degree. I did get my degree in elementary education, but I also wanted to be in the movies. I didn't know how to go about you know, meeting producers or how one gets into the movies. Well, friends introduced me to entering beauty contests, hoping to be discovered. As it was, I was blessed to win quite a few titles, Miss Coppertone, Miss This, Miss Valverde, and Miss That. And um, one year I entered the Miss Bronze California contest. And as God would have it, I won the talent. Now, let me tell you, I say as God would have it because there were girls who could sing circles around me. But I won the contest and a gentleman who was a photographer for the contest approached me. And he said, you know, I, I'm in a group and nothing is happening with the group. So one of the girls left and we need to replace her. Would you be willing to join? I said, oh, no, no, no. First of all, I don't have time. 
I am taking 15 and a half units each semester. I'm working full time. I can't come to rehearsals. And I'm not a singer. I'm an actress. Well, he persisted. That gentleman was Lamont McLemore. And the group ended up changing its name to The Fifth Dimension. That's how I got into singing. The first years with The Fifth Dimension were really challenging for me. I married the manager and we had a child and I was blessed to be able to afford to take him on the road with me all over the world. I took him to uh, Japan. I nursed him on trains and buses and planes. It was wonderful because I could take someone with me to watch him while I was on stage. However, when he started school, that's when my sadness began because I would have to leave him. And it was very hard, not only for me, but also for my son. Uh, as a matter of fact, we went through some difficult times until he became old enough to understand the reason why I was gone. It was not because I liked my career more, but because I wanted to give him a better life than I had. Not realizing that it's not things that children need, it's your time, your presence. And even though I knew the Lord at that time, I wasn't as close to the Lord as I am now. I think I, I know that I would have prayed more and uh, asked the Lord for His direction. I did enjoy the performing when I was on stage. I was just really, uh, that was my alter ego, I might say. That was Miss LaRue, not Florence. <laughs> I totally enjoyed being on stage and performing. The funny thing is I was always very shy and uh, didn't like crowds. However, Miss LaRue enjoyed being on stage. But one thing, I I, I was very shy and I, I used to wear glasses. And I liked the fact that I couldn't see the audience because, you know, I could be Miss LaRue on stage. However, when I started wearing contact lenses and I could see the audience, my whole perception changed and I enjoyed communicating with people. I, I enjoyed the exchange of singing songs and making people feel things, making people happy. I got into show business for fame and fortune, but then the Lord said to me, what are you doing with what I've given you? How are you spreading the gospel? Who are you mentoring? Who are you teaching? What are you doing with your lyrics? A very big song for the fifth dimension was a song called Aquarius, Let the Sunshine In. Well, many people thought we performed the song because of astrology. It had nothing to do with astrology. We performed the song because it spoke of harmony and positiveness. So ever since then, I'm very careful about the lyrics of songs that I sing. Even when I sing Let the Sun Shine In, to me it also means let the S-O-N shine in. I just think that we have to act with love and not just always condemn young people, but to teach them and show them with love. God has shown me the importance of music and also my responsibility as a musician. One of them was when the Fifth Dimension was chosen to represent the United States in a State Department-sponsored tour to Eastern Europe, which at that time was communist. And we performed, and at the end of the show, the people rushed the stage, and it was scary. We didn't know what was going to happen. They wanted to touch us. We were their connection to freedom. 
there were armed guards backstage with dogs to make sure that there wouldn't be any confusion. They ended up asking us for autographs and they were very friendly. And it really showed me the importance of music. You know, in the Bible, uh, the musicians were even sent out before the warriors. And the Lord showed me the importance of my music. It's a responsibility, the lyrics that I sing. These things are very important because they're big influence, especially on our young people. They really, really enjoy performing live now. But it's not true for me now because now it's Florence LaRue on stage and they are seeing the real me. When I sing that sad song, there are actually tears. And I, I've had people come up and say, oh, you're such a good actress. I said, no, I'm not acting. I'm experiencing what I'm singing. I want my audience to experience something when, when I sing a song. So it's not my alter ego anymore. It's me that they're getting. They're getting the real Florence. Then I noticed a lot of senior ladies in particular who were single because of either not having been married or the death of a spouse. And uh, once they became mature, let's say, oh, six year older, they stopped living and they just existed. They felt like their lives were over. I began to have that communication, that being true, being honest on stage. That's when I began to really enjoy it the most. Now I enjoy, I even tell people on stage how old I am because I want them to know that you can be 80 and still live and not just exist if you take care of yourself. You are not alone. God is with you always. He loves you more than you know, more than you can understand, more than anyone else could ever love you. Sometimes it's hard to believe when you're sitting at home alone. You say, oh Lord, I know you're there, but I, I want someone here, you know, to talk to and someone to be with. That's all right. It's all right to go through those times, but they need to know that, as I said, they're not alone. My son gave me something very interesting that I do. Every morning for five minutes, we sing, I love you, Jesus. You make up your own you know, melody, but that's how I start my day with. It's different every day. I might say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 I love you. Whatever you feel, but basically it's, I love you, Jesus. Let him know that you love him. And he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So it's a good reminder. And I start the day with my scripture readings, Jesus calling and, and prayer. As a matter of fact, I was part of the homeless group at my church where we would help the homeless and the pastor there he and his wife gave it to me i'm looking at this from, from joe and kathy christmas 2012 and since then i've been reading it every day and i've given it to many people i do read the proverbs every day since there are 31 proverbs so i read that but also any other scriptures and just sometimes during the day, I may be driving down the street. Oh, thank you, Lord, for this parking space. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for getting me through this Los Angeles traffic. You know, a prayer doesn't have to be, you know, eloquent. 
It can just be help or thank you. <laughs> I can't tell you how grateful I am. God has done so many quote unquote little things for me that are not little at all. As a matter of fact, when COVID became so big, I started a line, a telephone line for senior ladies who were alone. And the only rules were, we cannot discuss or disagree about religion or politics. This is something for you to come together with other women and to discuss whatever is bothering you. Perhaps maybe you just want to share a recipe or just someone for you to talk to so that you know that you're not alone. We met once a week, each Wednesday, and it was just wonderful to have these ladies all across the country just be able to call in and say, oh, today I feel like I'm, I'm alone. You know, my children haven't called or whatever. Or, oh, I have a recipe. It's really great. I think it's very easy. I want to share with you. It was wonderful to have that. You have a Heavenly Father who loves you more than anyone could ever love you. And He is always with you. You're not alone. You can find Florence's book, Grace, in your second act, a guide to aging gracefully, wherever books are sold. We'll be back with Michael Ray's story after this brief message. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. Michael Ray is a country music artist who came to Nashville after growing up in Florida. Raised in a family where music was played as a regular routine, Michael learned his first chords on the guitar from his grandfather, a military veteran who wanted his children and grandchildren to know the joy of music in their lives and could bring that joy to others as well. That musical spark prompted Michael to chase music as a full-time career. As he began to make a name for himself on the country music scene, Michael never forgot the man who showed him what the power of music could do in people's lives. My name is Michael Ray. I'm a country music artist here in Nashville, Tennessee from Central Florida, signed to Warner Music Nashville. 
Music was such a part of our family that everybody in Central Florida for the longest time knew our family as the people that played music. They got the family band, they play all around here. My grandpa, he served in the army in Anchorage, Alaska. And I don't know if it was there that he started to learn. I wanna say that it was him. I don't know if anybody before him in our family played an instrument or had any interest in music. I know my great grandmother um, always sang in the kitchen, always sang around the house. I don't know maybe if that was it, but he met a, a buddy of his and they started playing guitar and he just fell in love with it. And he was an unbelievable lead guitar player. And he just wanted everybody to have an instrument. He wanted everybody to have a chance to play music and to, to see his passion behind it for his entire life was unbelievable. And he would put instruments, and my dad and my uncle and the cousins of that generation, and put instruments in their hand, teach them how to sing harmony, like, you know, the, Ga the Gatlin brothers and, and uh, Oak Ridge boys, and you know, uh, all these guys, and, and try to teach them harmonies, and that would later become our family's band. And then when I came around, the, the grandkids of that generation, or the kids of that generation, I should say, I was the first grandson at the time. We joke, we always say my grandpa went through process of elimination i think my sister ryan came he like put nope she didn't she didn't get it christina came and he was like you you're getting you know and then i came along he put it in my hand and he just knew when i needed and my parents got divorced when i was eight and he started teaching me my first set of chords around that time and i think in a lot of ways it probably saved my life who knows what paths i would have maybe gone down when something like that happens to you as a kid you don't really understand it but luckily i had him and family members around that i just started learning how to play guitar i was tired of being the kid that was playing the kermit the frog fake guitar you know at five years old so i was like man i really want to learn how to do this and he taught me my first three chords and after that it just started rolling and i was playing every weekend with him so about this time i'm playing some songs with my grandpa and his band and kind of, you know, being able to accompany myself a little bit, but it was right at the time where I got bit by the bug. Garth Brooks was my first concert ever. I was 10 years old, TD Waterhouse in Orlando, Florida, and my two older sisters, my dad, a few other people were with us, and Garth comes out and does what Garth does and, and just, you know, blows the roof off the place. But it was when he played the dance, and he did it acoustic, and just I saw him hold this arena of people in the palm of his hand with just a acoustic. I mean, I got chills as a as a kid. You know, I didn't even know what the dance really meant at the time. I just knew it was a great song. And I watched that and I was like, I don't know what that is, but that's what I, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. To me, the opera is the pinnacle. It doesn't get any bigger. I, I grew up watching every VHS. I grew up studying with my grandpa, you know, Minnie Pearl, Grandpa Jones, Marty Stewart, Jeannie Seeley. Porter Wagner, you name it. And that's why I grew up watching and it's where people came and saw artists that they listened to on the radio for the first time live back in the day. And they never saw these artists come out on stage until the Opry and WSM gave them that stage. And I think uh, for me, my grandpa passed away a couple months before I was able to make my opera debut. And it was just a big moment. My family's band was a country band and they're the ones that taught me about the Opry even though it was right after my grandpa passed and the whole deal was it was supposed to be me and him. You know, we were gonna play the Opry one day. And then a month after he passed, I get an email. And then two months after he passed, here I am, gonna make my Opry debut. But I got to bring his guitar with me and, and I debuted with a Porter Wagner's version of Green Green Grass at Home, a song that I played with my grandpa a lot. And, but it was just a, a moment I'll never forget, man, to, to be able to step in the circle for the first time with my dad, who was a lead singer, my 
family's band and my uncle who's a bass player just it was it was a moment man I, I get a little choked up thinking about it just because my grandma's gone now my uncle's gone and that moment of standing on stage and then looking over and seeing my grandmother sitting in her wheelchair my uncle who's standing there my dad and then Ricky Skaggs just standing behind my grandma I'm just I remember the whole time going I feel like I'm having an out-of-body experience because it was something I've always dreamt of doing my grandfather he was such a loving, big-hearted person. I think Real Men Love Jesus was a song that I, when I heard it, it just made me think of him. It made me think of who he was as a man. Um, not only just who he was, but who his brothers are, the, all the, you know, the men in my hometown. Nobody's perfect, but they're always striving to be and trying to do the best they can like everybody else is. And, and I think that's all you can do in this, in this life is try to make the next 24 better than the last. And that's kind of what they did, but they always did it with, with God as the focal point of trying to be better every day and trying to grow closer to him. And, you know, my grandfather, my grandfather was a God-fearing man and my dad. And like I said, nobody's perfect, but that's the foundation that they built everything of, you know, about our family on. Don't believe in leaving When the going gets tough They just keep on keeping When I heard that song for the first time I felt like it was just a perfect song That really paid tribute to him But also was kind of a reminder for me When I hear it, I get to sing it To not forget to continue to try to be like that And to be like them And in ways living my grandfather's Or, you know, his legacy still And what he taught us And I think I feel like that song Just really embodied all that I'm just fortunate that I had all the years with him that I did and, and that he was able to teach me country music and, and to see some of the success that, that we had. We close out our time with Michael as he reads a favorite passage from Jesus Calling. Leave outcomes up to me. Follow me wherever I lead. Without worrying about how it will all turn out, think of your life as an adventure with me as your guide and companion. Live in the now, concentrating on staying in step with me. When our path leads to a cliff, be willing to climb it with my help. When we come to a resting place, take time to be refreshed by my presence. Enjoy the rhythm of life, live close to me. You already know the ultimate destination of your journey, your entrance into heaven. So keep your focus on the path just before you, leaving outcomes up to me. To learn more about Michael Ray, where to get his music and his concert dates, please visit michaelraymusic.com. If you'd like to hear more stories about creating legacy through music, check out our interview with Patti LaBelle. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we speak with media executive and author Michelle Horde, who suffered an unimaginable loss when her ex-husband murdered her beautiful daughter, Gabrielle. Michelle clung to Christ in the thick of the worst crisis she'd ever faced, and she emerged as a survivor on the other side of grief. When you are the victim of a violent crime, when you find yourself in a special victims unit's office with a DA, you literally feel like your life is in jeopardy. And so being able to hide and feel shielded in God's love and God's protection have been incredibly important to me in different parts of my journey.
Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com Jesus Calling Book on Facebook and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.